Hi, my name is Chris. Thank you for joining us for one of our Jubilee messages. God is moving like never before through YouTube and different platforms, so thank you for tuning in. I wanna let you know about a few things. One, if you're watching on YouTube, throw a comment down in the comment section and make sure to subscribe to our channel. It keeps our community on YouTube growing and it creates that church atmosphere just online. The second thing is if you're new here, head over to jfc.org new. That's a great way for us to get some information about where Jubilee is going, where we came from, and uh, kind of our heritage as a church. The last is giving. There's several convenient ways you can give. And if you want to give to Jubilee in our ministry, they'll show up somewhere here on the screen. Thank you so much for joining us, and I'll see you after the message. You know, he didn't say it. I thought he might. He and Rebecca um, just got back off of sabbatical. And um, man, we miss those guys. We love those guys. Church needs those guys. And we're just so glad that they're back and in place. Uh, I had decided to quit shaving till they got back. So... <laughs> Now I'll be able to decide what I'm going to do. Um, we, I want to welcome all of you here. We're glad that you're here this weekend. Um, I've got a very important announcement. In fact, a couple of things to catch you up on. Last time I stood in the pulpit, I asked for prayer over two things in particular, if you remember. Just said, hey, we need your prayer right now. One was the staff has just gone through so much COVID um, over the last couple of weeks. And so we're, we, God heard your prayers. God answered our prayers. Uh, most of them are recovered. Most of them uh, back in place. If you see them, I don't want you to be like, can I go up to them and talk to them? They're not here unless uh, they're past it and have tested uh, okay for that. We still have a few uh, that are down. The Melsons right now uh, knocked pretty, pretty hard. Um, Nancy, Terry and Nancy, Terry just today, he has a wedding tonight, but just today he was able to come back into circulation. Nancy's still dealing with it a little bit. Who else am I? Uh, yeah, Daniel, our Daniel right now, um, we saw him for a few minutes this morning, but he's still wiped out pretty good by it. And Holly uh, never touched her. She's just like, uh, she's got super duper immunity buildup, powerful thing. Yeah. Uh, and then in uh, Pastor Amy, uh, her, her family, um, her and Ryan, most of the kids uh, had gotten it, not all of them, most of them, Marcus, though didn't get it, and she said it's his diet of sugar and video games that kept him <laughs> from COVID. So if you're wondering, like, how do I keep it away? Uh, yeah, we found the answer. Uh, it is not um, drugs. It's sugar and video games that will, will work. So thank you for praying for us. Literally, I'm, I'm having a little bit of fun just because I'm rejoicing right now that we're on the other side of it. It was some gloomy times, to be honest with you, and uh, the Lord's faithfulness, and just thank you for praying. The other one was this. I asked you to pray our interim place uh, that we will be meeting in. They had called us literally and said they had water damage, were questioning whether they were going to even be able to use the building, and it took until yesterday for us to get an answer. So we were just on pins and needles for the last couple of weeks, but as of yesterday, they called us, and their insurance company got back and said, uh, it is move forward with it. It's a okay. There's not, you know, sustained damage that we have to worry about. Yes. So thank you for praying for that. So that's the announcement I want to make real quick. Pull that up for me. So guys, 
It's the first time I've, I've been able to announce what we're doing, when we're doing it, where we're going to be doing that. So pay attention, right? We've got two more weekends in this building, two more weekends in this building. And when we, um, right before we opened this building to the public, Chris and I uh, and our five children came here, stood in this, in this room right here before it opened up to anybody else, and we took communion in here and thanked the Lord for it and dedicated it to him. Our family has grown substantially. Yeah. Uh, since that time. There were literally seven of us when we did that in 2005. Um, we will do it again as a family. It will be the last act in this building before we turn it over to the next church. But there are 23 of us now <laughs> that, uh, that will celebrate communion together. So we booked some time out to do that. The Lord has been so good to our family, like three and a half times good uh, to, our, to our family. So um, two more weekends here in this building. Three weekends from now, right? Three weekends from now and only on Sunday. So Saturday, people, I need you to understand and I need you so I need to talk to you for a few minutes. Our heart is that when we started Saturday evening services, I did it. Nobody else in our community was doing Saturday evening services. We were the only ones. I didn't do it because I was looking for a, 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 a niche. I wasn't looking to try to you know, find something that somebody else wasn't doing. I did it because I recognized we had a lot of people who were having to make a choice between like going to church uh, or, or working. I have to work, right, on Sunday. And we did not want to like put up some kind of a thing as well. If you can't do it on Sunday, then, you know, you're not making the right choices. We always think light a candle, don't curse the darkness, right? That's the, that's the way we should approach life. And that's how I think Jesus wants us to approach it. So we started Saturdays. Uh, we started the church in 98, and I started Saturdays in the year 2000. So that's how long Saturday service has been a part of Jubilee. We feel like the Lord gave it to us and that we're supposed to go forward with that. So when we're in the new building, I will do Saturday services, right? I want you to know it'll always be a part of what we, what we do. We'll always have a Saturday service. But during the interim, I can't give Saturday services to you, not because I don't want to, but because I don't have an availability to be able to offer it to you during that time. So um, maybe this is a compromise. First, if you can make it on Sundays, would you be willing to give it up for a little while and ride with us? We need you to ride with us right now, right? Like um, you just need to understand this is a time where we have to come together. The interim time is a risky time. It's a little bit of a dangerous time. I feel like I share with our staff, the, the devil loves to find these times to start seeking whom he may devour, right? The answer to that is let's make him starve to death. Amen. He may want to devour people, but let's make him starve to death. It's, we have a choice in that. It's not like we have to just put our hands up and say, oh, well. So if you can make it on Sundays, 9 and 11, uh, we'll do those two times, which are our times now. We're trying to stay as consistent as we can. Please make it with us. We will stream the services. So we've got the equipment. We will continue to do um, what we've always done. If you have to make a choice between watching it and not being a part of it, watch it then, right? Of course we bless that. Of course we want you to be a part of that. But I do feel, I said this back in COVID, and it was our reason for like opening up before, you know, and, and just putting it on the line. I think that the word is clear that you can end up in a bad habit of not joining yourselves together with other believers. It's just easy to slip into bad habits. Do you know anybody that has a bad habit? It's like, look at the person next to you because they, they know that you have bad habits. Um, and so we don't want to find ourselves in that place of just a bad habit. And then all of a sudden, I think when the enemy is looking for whom he can 
devour whom he may devour. I think he is looking for people who are isolated. Isolated people are easy targets, right? Isolated people are the ones where the enemy can, he can lie to them so much easier. He can surround them so much easier. So I'm asking you as pastor, don't let yourself fall into that situation. Don't, don't go into that situation. Um, I would ask you to join with us during this interim time and be a part of Sundays. And once we get into the new building, we will have, uh, offer the Saturday uh, opportunity again, and we will go from there. Um, so, uh, no, wait a minute. Put that, like I turn around and you take it off. Uh, so September the 19th, that's three weekends from tomorrow, September the 19th, right? Um, the interim home, Sundays only, 9 and 11, Mile High Academy, 1733 Dad Clark. That is university and 470. That's where that is right there. So Dad Clark is one block south of 470, right? So it's university and uh, 470 right there. We'll have signs up. People will be out working. Um, we, I, I called Pastor Evan. I don't know if I said this or not, but Evan, Evan had bought when he left here and we helped him plant his church. There's a whole industry that's come up now. It's called portable church industry, right? And they all they do is um, they help churches get started with portable equipment. And so everything folds up, everything stacks up, it goes into cases, you roll them in and out, they fit like perfectly inside of a trailer. So I called Evan and said, A, can we buy it from you or can we rent it from you during the interim? And this, Evan said this to me. He said, Pastor, everything we have is because you gave it to us. So how could I make you pay for anything, right? So he gave it to us to use during this time. He, it is such a sophisticated, they even have a portable coffee bar that rolls in, <laughs> unfolds, and it's got, it's yeah. awesome. So we'll have, we'll have the coffee, we'll have the lattes, we'll have, uh, there's even a case for me, they roll me in, open it up, and so, <laughs> so um, join us, right? We, we need you, our church needs to be together. This interim time, I, I'm I'm taking this extra time because I need you to understand I'm trying to pastor you right now. We have to make the choice to hold together during this time. It's a dangerous time. It's a good time. It'll be a fun time. We'll be a better church on the other side of it than we are even right now. It will make us appreciate the building that we're going to have even more. But it is a funky time. And I don't want one person to fall through the cracks during this time. So I'm asking, help me. Please determine in your heart not to be isolated, not to fall to the side, not to say, hey, once you're in the new building, then we'll join you again. Please, guys, please don't do that. Join with us, stick with us, fight with us right now. We need you and you need us. Yep. Amen. I, she committed all of you, so you're... You're in on it. All right. Uh, we are in a series on Philippians and uh, Pastor Terry last week. You know, we had to go online because we had so many people, including, I mean, in all parts of our staff, we could not pull off a service in a safe way. So we had to go online. And Pastor Terry, in the middle of all he's dealing with, uh, did the message. And I just wanted to publicly thank Terry uh, for his commitment to our church. As always, Terry's just such glue that holds uh, so many people together. Um, I'm going to go to Philippians chapter 3 this weekend. Pretty familiar uh, passage of scripture. I'm sure that you've heard it. It deals with, I think it's the best advice that you'll find in the Bible of how to deal with your past right? And so just real quickly, asking that question, how many of you know somebody with a past? Yeah. 
Yeah, I hope you raise your hand like all of us at some level have one. Uh, just because we talk about the past doesn't always have to put it in the context that uh, I've got a bad past or I've got problems in my past. But I do think that um, the past is one of the things that the enemy is always trying to find a way, right? Where he's shooting darts. He's looking for whom he may devour. He, he is without mercy. He is without rules. He is without precedent. And what he does, he will try to attack you in any place, in any way that he possibly can and at the most inconvenient times. And using your past usually is one of the ways that the devil can be successful in a believer's life. So that the Bible then will spend uh, different, different people uh, throughout our history. Uh, those who wrote the Bible, those who, who gave their lives for the cause of Christ will give advice on what to do with your past. And here's the apostle Paul speaking to a church that he loved, that he planted, uh, that, that, that he had given everything for, speaking to them on how to handle their past and what to do about the future. So this is Philippians 3, uh, verses 13 and 14. Brothers and sisters, so he's writing to other believers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Love that scripture right there. Love it. The Bible talks to us often about memorizing scripture, hiding scripture in our heart, making sure that we're not just, uh, we're not just hearers, but we're doers of the word, right? So we don't want to look at the scripture and go, oh, that's neat. That's, that's really powerful. We want to be doing the scripture. We want to be forgetting the things that lie behind us. And we want to be straining towards the things that are in front of us, right? It's, it's just awesome advice. I would recommend that if you ever deal with anything from your past, if the enemy ever finds a way to mess with you uh, concerning your past, this is a great scripture to quote to him. Do what Jesus did. Use the word against the enemy. Don't sit there and argue with them. Don't sit there and just feel bad. God doesn't want you to feel bad. God doesn't want you to feel condemned. There's no profit in that. You're not going to go forward because of that. God wants you to do what he tells you to do. So, so listen, until we arrive in heaven, our job, we've got to forget the things of yesterday, right? We've got to strain towards the things of tomorrow, the things that God has in front of us. And we've got to live right now. You've got to live right I, In fact, I heard a pastor say this recently uh, in your car. The reason that the windshield is so big and the rearview mirror is so small is that your future is far more important than what you're seeing behind you. It's an excellent, I like that. I was going to take it as my own, but then my own conscience would have, you know, so it wasn't mine. It was good though. So let me give you a couple of things here. If you want to fill in the blanks, if you're doing the online notes, uh, according to the scripture, let me give you three things in dealing with your past and in looking at your future that will help you to live the life that God has called you to live. Number one is the obvious, forgetting what is behind. Forgetting what is behind. Now, let me point this out to you, right? Because there's a difference between these two. When Paul is writing the scripture, notice the words. I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but this one thing I do, forgetting what is behind. He doesn't say ignoring what is behind. And for many believers, they will hear this scripture, take this message and think that I'm teaching, learn to ignore the things in your past, learn to ignore them. And there's a world of difference between forgetting something and ignoring something. So here, let me just like get this right here. Anybody in this room ever had a pain in your body you tried to ignore? 
It's like if you're over 40, you should have your hand up in the air right now because that's usually, right? When you're younger, it's easier to do. But you get older, you will have phantom pains for no reason. All those, you'll wake up in the morning, get out of bed, something will hurt. What? It's got to be cancer, right? No, it's not. It's just, so, so here's the difference. If you really do have something legitimate in your body and you try to ignore it, what happens when you ignore pain? What does it do? It, it's exactly, it will come back. You will end up dealing with it again. So here's, here's how you know whether or not you're forgetting it or whether or not you're just ignoring it. If your past is continually coming back, you continually are dealing with it. You're trying to ignore it, but somehow it's coming back again. You are, forget it, but it's coming back. You're ignoring it and you're not forgetting it. Yeah. And God didn't call you to ignore it. And the way you know the difference between the two, if, if you are still dealing with it, you're not fixing it. You're not taking care of it. If you really do have something legitimate in your body, the way that you take care of it is to take care of it. Figure it out. Get it fixed with your past, man. Let God do whatever he needs to do in your past to make it right, to fix it, and then move on. Get beyond it. Go on. Live your life. So there's a world of difference between ignoring and forgetting. So let me give you five things real quickly, right? I just thought to myself, I've got a bit of a past. I don't think I have one that's like, like, you know, um, like this horrible, nasty thing. But I've got things in my past. Anybody here embarrassed about things in your past? Thank you for raising your hands. So I, was, I thought I'm going to ask that question. Everybody's going, no, no, not what you're talking about. I don't have a clue. So I, that's probably the worst one is that there's things about, I'm just embarrassed about like, oh, how could you have done that? How could you have said that? How could you have thought? How could you have been that way? Right. And the enemy's great at using embarrassment to shame you, yeah. right? Here's the Lord wanting to take that shame from you. Jesus died so you don't have to feel shame. Amen. You do not have to feel shame. You do not have to deal with that. And you don't have to try to act like, oh, it never happened right? Forgetting it is not like, hey, that never happened. Forgetting it is letting God deal with it so you can move on so it's not in your head any longer. So I think these five things, right? If you're really going to forget and not just ignore, learn to give the past to God. And what do I mean by that? Simply look, I think for so often, uh, I, I think with, with our past, a lot of times we're trying to keep other people from knowing about it. And we also think we're trying to keep God from knowing about it. So I'm, let me just give you a, like a clue to everything. God knows everything about you. And he likes you anyway. <laughs> he knows every thought, every intention, every mistake, Every word, every time you made a promise and you didn't keep it, he knows every time you blow it, he knows every time, he knows it all. And he decides that he loves you anyway. He knows everything. So literally when it comes to your past, instead of trying to hide it and be ashamed of it and trying to cover it and act like, learn to give it all to God. Let him go through your past. Confess your past. Own your past in front of him. I was that way. I did do those things. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for letting me go. So now the enemy doesn't have anything to hold on to you with. God does know. And he forgives you and is merciful to you. And you no longer have to live with that thing as it's defining your future. Your past does not define your future. Now this is mine. This is not from another pastor. How many times have you heard me say this? The power of the gospel doesn't change the past. What does it do? It alters your future. It changes your future. 
That's a John Leach, write that down right there. That one's copyrighted, that's mine right there. It doesn't change your past, it changes your future. Give your past to God so that the devil can't have it anymore. Give it to God, let God have it. Here's the second one real quickly. You want to forget the past instead of just trying to ignore it? Forgive people in your past. That's probably the one that for most believers, why the enemy has a right to keep coming back and keep bringing it back to your memory and keep condemning you and keep, you, this thing is holding on to you. And usually so when we think about our past, we usually think in terms of like something that I did. A lot of times in our past, it's something that was done to us. Let people go. I'm going to say it one more time. And even if you disagree, I want you to say amen because it'll be good for you. Let people go. It's good for you. Let them go. Let them go. But pastor, if you knew what they did to me, you wouldn't say that. (laughs) If you knew what was done to me. Having a contest on who had the worst things happen to them in life is not the way you get beyond your past. It's just not. In fact, if you have to have a contest to figure out who had the worst past, you're going to be stuck with that past. The award for having the worst past is not, hey, you have the worst past. The award is that God is willing to let you go, let other people go too. Let them go. Deal with it. Just, God, it was wrong. God, I don't get it. God, it was unfair. God, it shouldn't have happened. But what happened, happened, huh? Here's the third one. Quit comparing today to yesterday. That's one for me that's really tough. Uh, Amy and I were talking about this. We went to lunch yesterday. And um, we just, you hear, how about this, man? I I can go to lunch with my admin and I'm not sinning. Isn't that uh, awesome? (laughs) Awesome. I can be alone with my admin and nobody can make an accusation against me. <laughs> if you were like, what is he? She's my oldest daughter that is my admin. Um, so we were sitting at lunch and we were talking yesterday. And one of the things that we were talking about was just allowing, like, if you're always, my personality I think she got this genetically from me, is that I'm always, where I'm at generally, especially when I was younger, I was never satisfied with where I was. I was always about where I was going. So like with the church, when I pastored it, when I was a younger pastor, I was always thinking, this is not the place that we're trying to get to. We're trying to get to revival. We're trying to get to a place of this desperation. We're trying to see more miracles. We're trying to see God do more. So I never enjoyed where we were right now. I was always trying to get to the other place. So I'm going to give you something that God, this is what I told Amy yesterday. And I even told her, write that one down because this is one to live by. Listen real quickly. This is a secret that the Lord told me. Until you can learn to enjoy today, you will never enjoy tomorrow. The secret is not getting to tomorrow. The secret is learning how to enjoy the place you are today. You want to enjoy tomorrow. You want it to really be something that when you get there, you feel like, hey, we did it. Hey, this mattered. Hey, this is fulfilling. If you can't learn to enjoy today, no matter what you aim at, you will never be fulfilled when you get there. So no matter how much you accomplish and how much you, like, you, get, you, will never, you won't enjoy it. 
You will never, ever, you'll just always be, I got, this wasn't it. This wasn't, I got to get, learning to enjoy today. Solomon in Ecclesiastes, which is considered one of the wisdom scriptures. Solomon, the Bible says, the wisest human that ever lived. Now I know you, but Jesus, but Jesus was all God and all human. Solomon was just all human. So the Bible says, wisest man who ever lived made this statement that in front of God, two of the most important things that you can do is enjoy what you do for a living and enjoy your life. And I don't know what it is about believers, but most believers can't enjoy their life. They think there's something wrong with them if they're enjoying their life. Look at me. God wants you to enjoy your life. He wants you to enjoy your life. He wants you to wake up in the morning and feel good about the fact of where you are. And I, I got more, but I, I'm not in a good place. I'm not the place that I want to be. Okay, but can you learn to enjoy God's presence in that? He's got you there. You are there. You're breathing air. And I, I know the conflict in your head when you hear me that, but before God, he wants you to enjoy your life. It's okay to enjoy your life. It's okay to feel good. Let me try that over. It's okay to feel good. Amen. You're not doing right if you feel bad. It's okay to feel good. It's okay to appreciate what you have. It's okay to feel blessed. It's okay to want to do better. But it's okay, John, to feel like God's blessing me right now. I'm doing good. I don't know why I'm so strong on that all of a sudden, but why do we struggle with that? And I, I can see... In her, me, in my 30s, always aiming, if I could just get over here, everything's finally going to be okay. It will never be okay because the principle is to enjoy where you are right now, to experience God right now. If you think I'll finally experience him when I get over there, you're, you're missing, that's the key, enjoy God right now, be thankful right now. My daughter goes, good word, yes, because you and I got a chance to talk about this yesterday. <laughs> Everybody else is still filtering it right now. Okay, um, ignoring versus forgetting. Here's the fourth thing. If you really want to learn to forget and not just simply ignore, listen to this. Stop talking about the past all the time. Good grief. You really want to get beyond your past? Quit talking about it. That's probably the toughest one is that people are constantly, you know, you want to know how I know when somebody's actually dealt with something or gotten behind, gotten beyond some, they quit talking about it. If you have to talk about it all the time, you're not over it. Okay. If you have to talk about it all the time, you're not over it. Jesus said from the abundant of the heart, the mouth. So what comes out of your mouth in abundance, not what comes out when you stub your toe. That's not, that's not the abundance that's in your heart. You know, I just tried to help you be free and help you out a little bit. So you know, I can't receive that. That's not the abundance that's in your heart. That's the pain of a stubbed toe, right? It may not have been right, but this, the abundance is what you talk about when you're not thinking about it. The abundance is what you talk about when you're under pressure and when you're not under pressure. The abundance, you ever had a conversation? You ever had a person? where you, it's like every time you get with them, you end up in the same conversation and you can go away for years at a time and you get back with them and within a small amount of time, after years of not talking, what do you end up talking about? That thing you were talking about the last time. What is that? That's a person who's still living in last time. 
No progress is, that's exactly. The proof of progress, is that a better way to say it? The proof of progress is what you're talking about today. Yes. The proof of lack of progress is that you're still talking about yesterday. Quit talking about it. And even if you're like, make yourself quit talking about it and you'll be amazed. You'll be amazed. Hmm. Here's the last one. I don't remember who told me this. I think Chris's uh, uncle, Uncle John Hilgers, told me this years ago. John was kind of discipled me as a young believer in my marriage and uh, as, a, as a young Christian. And uh, Uncle John Hilgers told this to me. He said, when the enemy reminds you of your past, remind him of his future. Yeah. Did you hear that? So what is the enemy's future? The Bible says it's a lake of fire for eternity. The Bible says at some point, Jesus himself will cast him into that lake and turn the key where there's no way back out. It's over at that point. There's no release after a thousand years. This is that lake of fire when it's all said and done. So that when the enemy comes to plague you with anything from your past, a mistake that you made, a decision that you wish you would have, a decision that you wish you wouldn't have, a relationship. You know, I think pastorally we deal with people who wish in relationships they'd made a lot of different decisions. Sometimes for young people, it's a sexual decision that they wish they hadn't made because it binds them in a situation that they wish they could get out of. Sometimes for a person that's had a more experience in life, it's a decision of maybe they wish they would have tried harder. Or maybe they would have wished they worked on something differently. And don't you know that's exactly where the enemy wants to come and accuse you. He's called the accuser of the brethren for a reason. He's not the accuser of the heathen. He's the accuser of believers. It's a successful tactic to take a believer and condemn them with the decisions that they made in their past, with the sin that was in their life, with the lack that's in their life. Does anybody hear what I'm saying right now? That's the thing that he will come to attack you on. That's the well-worn path. Has anybody been here long enough to remember me teaching on the well-worn path, right? I don't have time to go back there. But the Bible talks about the enemy has a well-worn path, a, a successful road that works in your life that may not work in my life, but it works in your life. And the one that works in me may not work in your life. The bottom line is the devil knows the well-worn path to travel to get in, to try to condemn you, to try to freeze you, to try to pull you down. Do you hear me? So a successful tactic in dealing with the enemy is to use his strategy. If he is coming to condemn you about your past, condemn him on his future. So, hey, John. You did this. You know you did it. And it shaped, you feel guilty about this. And you think about this. And you're embarrassed about this. Yes, it's true. I did do that. But God forgave me. Hey, have you thought about what's going to happen to you in the future? (laughs) One day, I will not have to hear this from you ever again. You will pay. You will pay for doing this to believers. Do you know that the Bible says in Revelations that at some point Jesus will hold him up and the nations, it uses the word, the nations will go, that's what tripped us up? 
People will be amazed. We put so much power and credibility with the enemy. And in reality, it's no comparison to who Jesus is and who the enemy is. Remind him of his future. It's, you've already been judged guilty. The sentence has already been handed down. And all we wait now is for the court officers to bind you and throw you into a pit. Amen. You're not coming back. Remind him. All right. So literally the difference between forgetting and simply ignoring, I think it has to do with practicing those things right there. But let's move beyond the past. So Paul is like, it's not enough just simply to forget the past. He's straining toward what is ahead. He's pressing on toward the goal to win. It's important to win. Can I say that one more time? It's important to win spiritually. It's important to win spiritually. Guys, we're in it to Thank you. That's cliche, huh? Press on towards the goal. All right. Um, let me share this with you real quickly. Last three weeks for me personally has been a challenge. The COVID has been wicked. Um, you know, it hit our grandchildren. This is one thing when you're dealing with something and it's affecting you, your spouse, that's bad enough. And it affects your children, that's bad enough. For those of you who have the privilege and pleasure of being grandparents at this point, you know it's like, it's a crushing thing to mess with a grandkid. It makes you mad and it hurts you. And for me, it discourages me tremendously. So I, you know, that's where the enemy like, where's your God now, Moses? <laughs> you might not get that cliche. Watch the Ten Commandments and you'll, you'll understand. <laughs> I just, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that. Uh, the interim situation. Um, so I'm nervous about the interim situation. I had hope with everything in me to avoid the interim. And it's like everything around me has battled where there's going to be an interim no matter what. I can't make the city move any faster. I can't make the architect move any faster. I can't make the builder move any faster. And the harder I try, it's like the slower they go. And I'm nervous about the interim. I feel like, you know, I feel like with our staff, I actually pulled my staff together uh, a couple of weeks, to, weeks ago just to say, hey, you guys, I feel like this is what the Lord is telling me about this interim time and that the enemy is looking for whom you may devour, and we all have to make a decision right now, and the enemy is going to try to come against. So here's the things that I want you to do, where I want you to be paying attention to this right now. Out of that meeting was the exposure to all the COVID. Wow. Did you just even get here? I'm trying to protect my staff. I'm trying to pull them together. I'm trying to pastor them. I'm trying to say, Listen, I, I feel like the Lord woke me up with this. That scripture, here's what I actually told him. The one where Jesus said to Peter, Satan is asked to sift you, but I've prayed for you. And when you come back. So I just pulled them together and I, I said, I feel like the enemy is asking, who can he sift right now? Who can he sift right now? And so I'm saying to you, we don't have to be sifted. 
He's seeking for whom he may devour. Let's let him starve to death. Let's let him not find anything to eat here. Let's make him go someplace else because he's starving to death, right? So, So I'm trying to, and then out of that meeting, that's where everybody got exposed to the COVID. Unknowing, we didn't know. And so just like, and then the legacy project right now, it, it's like it's, it's there, but it's not moving. And you've given four, over $4 million, over $4 million in cash. That's a tremendous thing. And it's like that momentum right now, almost it's like, it's just, I can't move it forward. It's almost like God has just said, you're going to go through this interim time right now. I don't believe the devil has said you're going to go through this interim time because the devil's not in charge of our church. And the devil's not in charge of my future. And the devil's not in charge of our staff. And the devil's not in charge of this interim time. God is in charge of this interim time. But the enemy looks, how can he get in there? Do you understand what I'm, it's just like how, so I, just like, it's just this battle right now. And then the church, I'm worried about our church. I'm worried people will fall into bad habits over this next four-month time period. I'm worried about the momentum that we've, takes so long to build momentum <laughs> and it can be taken away so fast. And, I, and maybe you're just like, what are you worried about? Is that really? So what did I tell you? The thing that works in me, maybe you don't respect it because that doesn't work in you. Would you want me to disrespect the thing that you are attacked in because it doesn't work in me? Do you just hear my heart right now? Here, I'm not trying to be without faith. I'm, I'm just trying, I'm trying to open my heart to you and tell you right now, right? Forgetting the past and pressing onto the goal. I'm personally being challenged right now to do what I'm teaching you. So here's four things that I've practiced the last three weeks that have been tremendously helpful to me. One, listen to me right now. Words matter. When you are being tempted, you are being pushed, you are being hemmed in, you are pressed but not crushed, persecuted, not abandoned, struck down but not destroyed, what you say matters. Keep your mouth shut if you can't think of anything good to say, but do not agree with what the devil is telling you in your head. Do not say it out loud. Do not say this project is not going to go forward. Do not say we're going to fail during the interim. Don't say the, pastor, who are you talking to? Me. Me. I'm not even talking to you right now. I'm preaching to me. I'm not my good preacher. Dude, listen, I'll tell you something right now. Words matter. Yeah, and humble, very humble. Proverbs 18, 21. The tongue has the power of? And those who love it will eat its fruit. Look at it in the amplified version. Look at how it's, it's written here. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it and indulge in it will eat its fruit and bear the consequences of their words. Be very careful. Life and death is in the power of the tongue, and it's easy to resort to death. I don't know. It's that whole thing uh, Joshua sets before Israel. I set before you life and death, blessing and cursing, therefore choose Why do we have to be encouraged to choose life? Doesn't it seem like that's the obvious choice, the natural choice? Doesn't it seem like you would choose life? Why do we choose death so easily? Why do we find ourselves choosing death all the time? It is flesh, right? It's temptation. It's just so easy to... Yeah, it, water seeks its own level and flesh seeks its own level. That's a darn good answer right there. That's a good answer. Very good answer. <laughs> Words matter. 
So if you cannot think of the words of faith to confess, if you can't think of the promises of God to confess, if you can't think of the things that you're thankful for, then just keep your mouth shut. Don't agree with the devil. A lot of the battle is just that because life and death are in the power of the tongue and you will eat the fruit that you are creating. By the way, the seed is not the issue. The soil is the issue. The seed, your words, they have power in them, good or bad. The soil they fall in is the difference. What soil do you, I don't want it in bad soil. I don't want it in cheap soil. I want it in good soil. So I'm standing up here right now because I think this is great soil that I'm talking to right now. I think you'll hear me. I think you'll understand what I'm saying. So so press on toward the goal. Here's the second one. Time matters. Look at this scripture in Jude. I've been doing this little study on angels. I'm thinking about doing uh, maybe a mini series on angels. And angels interacting with humanity. And I I think even today, uh, just some different, we just, you know, so this is the archangel Michael. But even uh, the archangel Michael, when he was disputing with the devil about the body of Moses, did not himself dare to condemn the enemy uh, with slander, but just simply said to him, the Lord rebuke you. So in other words, he wasn't going to argue with the devil. He just used the ultimate, the Lord rebuke you. Don't waste your time. Time matters. The Lord rebuke you. I'm not even the Lord rebuke you. Uh, focus matters. John 12, 27. Look at this. Uh, this is Jesus. Now my soul is troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. He's about to go to the cross. He's about to endure the humiliation, the shame, the beating, the death. Uh, ignominious. I mean, it's a shameful death he's about to go to. And he is fully aware of what's going to happen to him. So Jesus is actually, I think he's talking a little bit to himself, but also teaching the disciples, my soul is troubled. And what am I going to say? Father, save me from this hour. No, it was for this very reason that I came to this hour. Look at me. What am I going to do now? Back off, faint. If you're weak in the day of adversity, you're weak indeed. That's what Proverbs says. Now is not the time to be weak. Now is not the time to shut down. Be more bold. Double down now. Go for it now, man. Let's make a decision to be stronger on the other side of this than just to let this move. I'm talking to me right now. Time matters. Focus matters. Let's stay focused. And then the last one, the prize matters. Back to Philippians 3. The end of that verse is, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. I'm going to win. I'm going to cross the finish line. I'm going to hear the words, well done, good and faithful servant. I'm not going to just limp over. I'm not going to crawl over. I'm not going to slump over. I'm going to run over. Both guns. (laughs) Empty. Slides locked. And PJ finishes as a winner. So forget the past. Focus on the goal. And then here's the last one. Just listen to this. Straight up, live in today. So you can't live tomorrow because there's no grace there. Uh, Excuse me, you can't live in the past because there's no grace there. And you can't live in tomorrow because there's no grace there. You're not there yet. The only place you have grace, pay attention right now. Young, I was going to say old. (laughs) Marcy, you go. Young and middle-aged, folks. <laughs> Talking to myself in this. Sorry about that. Was not. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
Words matter, John. Come on. Um, <laughs> listen, young or old, male or female, I don't care where you are in life, get this. Learn to do this. This is so important. The 24 hours that we call today is the only place God's grace is activated in your life. God's grace is not in yesterday. God's grace is not in tomorrow because you're not there yet. Jesus said, today has enough trouble in it. So learn to worry about or live, take care of today. Tomorrow will take care of itself. God will be faithful then, like he's faithful yesterday and is faithful today. But the only place you have grace and the only place you can do anything about your life is right here, right now. Live in this moment. Stay in this place. The best person I've ever met who can do that so well is my wife. My wife has learned to live in this moment. The things that bother me never seem to bother her. And I've asked her, aren't you aware? <laughs> Let me help you be aware. <laughs> Any other husband good at that or wife good at this? Like me? I will make you aware of what the problems are. <laughs> she does not need that from me. <laughs> Chris has learned just simply to live in the moment. Sufficient for that day. Don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. And Jesus is not saying that, hey, you just have trouble. So what, he, what he's teaching there is today. Work, take care of today. You can't do anything about tomorrow and you cannot change yesterday, but today you can do stuff about today. Live today. Stay in the moment. Stay present. Stay thankful. Stay grateful. Yes. Worship today. You can't worship yesterday and you can't worship tomorrow, but you can worship right now. Yes. Worship right now. And I have found when I can stay in this moment right now with God's grace, I'm good. Yes. I'm good. It's when, are you like this? It's when I get a week ahead yeah, totally. or a month ahead. John Gilbert. It's when I get way ahead and I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to do all those things then and where I'll get the energy for then and where I'll get the money for then and where I'll be able to, that I run out of steam, man, and that I freak out. I can't get an answer for then. And when the enemy somehow manages to pull me back and I start thinking of some mistake, or th there's no grace in it. The reason you can kill yourself over those, there's no grace in it, is there? All you can do is say it's under the blood of Jesus. It's under the blood of Jesus. He's taken it all. It was nailed to his cross. The handwriting of offense that was against us has been removed out of the way, having been nailed to the cross of Christ. That's what Colossians says. It's been removed out of the way. In effect, there really is no past because Jesus, he took it with him on the cross. And the future, he's already promised. So all we can do is right here and right now. The best I can do is right here. That's it. So where are you at on that issue? And what's holding you? And what's defining you? What's calling you? 
What's condemning you? What's stopping you? What's motivating you? How you doing? I think like what makes me pastor is that I'm right where we're in the same boat. I just got here first, right? We're in the same place. I don't think I've, like Paul, I've comprehended all this and I'm beyond all this. I think I'm right in the middle of all this. But we can do this. If God is for us, who can be against us? It's the truth. That's the truth. Jesus. Mm. So I hear the word in my heart right now, surrender. Surrender. Remember the old song, I surrender all? I surrender all. All to Jesus. I surrender. I would encourage you in this moment, at this time, in this present moment right here, to surrender your past fully to God. If you feel guilty, foolish, embarrassed, ashamed, surrender that to the Lord. If you feel beat down, beat up, marginalized, put to the side, angry, condemned, if you wish what happened hadn't happened, I encourage you to surrender all of that to Jesus. All the stuff, all the things known and unknown about you, things that maybe even those who are closest to you have really no idea, the Lord knows. You know, I feel like the Lord would just say to you, he's not ashamed of you. The Father is not embarrassed about you. The Father doesn't cringe when he hears your name. His eyes don't roll. And he doesn't turn away. The truth is, The truth is that he smiles over you. That his heart rejoices over you. The truth is that he loves you. The truth is that he promised to never leave you and to never forsake you.
And that includes your past. He promises. I encourage you right now to surrender it all to Jesus. Give it to him. If you need to own it, own it. If you need to forgive, I encourage you to forgive. If you don't know how to forgive, then tell God, help me. Help me. But no longer let the enemy have this, this time, this place. No longer give him access to that well-worn path. Father, in Jesus' name, the name above every name, the name that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord, that name, the name that arrests the demonic and that looses <laughs> the captive. That name, I speak that name over our past, over our failure, over our sin, over our shortcomings, over things that we would love to go back and be able to change, but we can't. Things that were so unfair, truly, but the only thing that can be done now is to give it to you. <laughs> and you gladly invite us to make the great exchange. I'll take your death and you take my life. If you're tired and weary and burdened and you can't do it anymore, come to me. And take my yoke and give me your burden. Church, hear me right now. Literally, the Lord has me in space and time right now speaking to you. Don't know if this will happen again tomorrow. I doubt it. Like, can you sense God speaking right now, calling you, pleading with you? Come to me. Those of you who are weary because of your past. Those of you who are trying to do it. And those of you who are not doing well at it. Come to me, all of you who are weary and heavy burdened. And I'll give you rest. <laughs> I'll give you life. I'll take that burden from you. And I'll give you mine, which is easy for you to carry. It's manageable. But come to me. There's no substitute. Can you just see yourself doing that? Just bow your knee. Come to him. Surrender. Truly surrender. And for the future, God, our joy is that you are for us, not against us. Eye is not seen and ear is not heard and it's neither entered into the heart, the imagination of a person, 
all that God has planned for those who love him. I think if we really took that serious, God, all oh, the rejoicing that would go on because of the future you've prepared for us. And so, Lord, I thank you for the future, but we live here right now, this moment. So thank you for your goodness. Thank you for speaking to us right now. Thank you for mercy. Thank you for grace. Thank you that every one of us have the strength and the energy to deal with today. Did you hear me? You have the strength and the energy and the ability to deal with today because of God's grace. Father, loose your grace in a new dimension in the life of your people right now. Every one of us, in every situation, in every moment, God. Help us, Father God, to get out of living in the past and keeping our eyes there and to get out of trying to worry about tomorrow. Today. Today. Hmm. 529, folks, and I've got more. Am I okay? Okay. Fathers, I just want to talk to fathers for a minute. God's got you. You have enough because of the grace of God to take care of your family, to father your children. I just feel like the Lord is like, just have a heavy burden all of a sudden for fathers. The funny thing is, if I asked you to identify yourself, you will not do it. Because fathers just, they just don't think it matters. But it so matters right now. And maybe you're at a place where you're just like ready to give up or you're just so worried about your kid. Or you can't figure out your marriage. Or you want to be a good leader spiritually, but... It's eluding you and escaping you. And so the devil condemns you there. And you're here tonight. But you're not thinking about that. You're thinking about all the stuff for tomorrow. And God just wants you to know how pleased he is with you. He's just pleased with you. He loves you and he's proud of you. Huh? God is proud of me. He cares deeply for you. He doesn't want you to try to do this by yourself. It's too hard. Maybe you're taking care of a special needs kid. And you're tired. Uh, God is so for you. He is so for you. Maybe you feel like your prayers just aren't going any place. God hears you and he knows. He knows. Hmm. So Lord, thank you for your grace and your goodness to all of us. Thank you for loving us and for caring for us. Oh, how he loves you, church. Oh, how he loves you.
Oh, Father, carry us in that. And thank you, God, for the good anointing. It's here to break the yoke of bondage. And I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us online for the Jubilee Experience. We hope that this message impacted you and your families. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more messages like this and more information about our church. And also give online. There's a few convenient ways to do that that will be on the screen. But until next time, God bless and thank you.